Believe it or not, what I'm about to preach on, Bible prophecy should also be cause to celebrate if our hearts are in the right place. Uh, it's no different than Robert and uh, Carly. Where are you at? Back there. Hey, give it up for them. They're getting married, Lord willing, next month. And uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here, but I'm thinking they're kind of excited. <laughs> Robert is. We'll pray for Carly, but that's right. Or pray for Robert. I don't know. So, but, uh, but as the day gets closer, it gets more exciting, right? And folks, believe it or not, that's why I think the Bible tells us when we study Bible prophecy, it's not just one, not just two, but a triple blessing. Because this news we need to translate it is not what the American church says today, doom and gloom. That's the message. It's not what the Bible says. When we see news that Jesus Christ is coming back to get us, we should be getting just as excited as Robert and Carly because that means our wedding day approaches. Jesus is getting ready to come get us his bride. And I don't know about you, but that's something to celebrate. Amen? Well, hey, how many of you guys have ever had one of those days where it was just like, man, I should have just stayed in bed. You ever have one of those days? It seemed like, man, nothing went right, everything went wrong, and it was just, it was just a really rotten day, right? Have you guys had one of those? Well, believe it or not, folks, if you thought you had it bad, I think I found some people that have had a worse day than pretty much anything you and I can come up with. But uh, let's take a look at these encounters. That's right. That's a pretty bad day. Hey, how many guys would say that guy on the forklift probably got fired? Okay. <laughs> but uh, that's some pretty bad days. Uh, those guys probably should have stayed in bed. But uh, believe it or not, folks, as bad as that was, even the forklift one, whew, I think I've discovered a day that's even worse than that. Okay. It, it goes simply like this. And uh, it, it's you wake up one morning and all of a sudden you realize, bang, your Christian family is gone. In fact, all of a sudden you turn on the news and every single Christian on the whole planet is gone. And all of a sudden it dawns on you, oh man, no, why didn't I listen? I've been left behind. And the Bible says you are headed for the worst day of all. I didn't say that, Jesus did. You are headed for the seven-year tribulation and that is not a joke. The Bible says it's an outpouring of God's wrath on this wicked and rebellious planet. He's going to have the last word on this baloney, folks. 
Okay, judgment day is coming a lot sooner than I think people believe. And Jesus said it's going to be the worst time in the history of mankind. Such great horror that unless God shortened this time frame of the seven year tribulation, the entire human race would be wiped out. Okay, but praise God, God's not just a God of wrath. He's a God of love as well. And because he loves you and I, this is why he wants us to study Bible prophecy. He loves us. He gives us so many warning signs so that we're not caught off guard so that when we would know when the tribulation was near and praise God, the rapture is right around the corner. Anybody excited about that? Yeah, Jesus Christ is coming back to get us. And did you know it's a much better place than this garbage can? Hello? Okay, it's going to be awesome, okay? So to keep you and I from experiencing the ultimate bad day of being left behind, even worse than that forklift guy, we're going to continue in our study, the final countdown update, okay? We've already seen uh, several different things for updates uh, so far in our study. The Jewish people, we dealt with the Antichrist, we dealt with modern technology, and the last three times, worldwide upheaval, one more time, turn to somebody and encourage them in their ear and say this, boom! Okay? The planet is going to blow up, literally. It's going to get way worse before Jesus comes back. And that's what we've saw so far with the rise of wars and rumors of wars and famines and earthquakes. And last time, if you were here, with pestilences or diseases. And there we saw right now, folks, if you're paying attention to the news, our planet is being filled with sickness like never before on a global scale. We got diseases cropping up all over the place. In fact, diseases we thought we had long since conquered, they're coming back and they're coming back with a vengeance. Okay, and we saw that was due to mosquitoes, chickens. You purposely pause for the dramatic effect. Chickens, okay, was another one. The border issue going on right now, travel technology, laboratories, and that's right, even the lack of effective antibiotics. Do you really think it's by chance that we see all these diseases spiraling out of control at the exact same time? Medically, we're losing our ability to fight off these diseases because we've saturated ourselves with antibiotics. It's almost like it's exactly on time for Jesus' warning that in the last days, you're going to see an increase of pestilence right before he comes back. It's almost like the Bible's right or something. What do you guys think? Hey, all three of you, praise God. But that's not all. The fifth sign to indicate we are headed for worldwide upheaval. We'll finish this sign up anyway, Lord willing, today, is the increase of signs in the sky. Okay? Anything weird going on up there uh, to maybe indicate that uh, Jesus is getting ready to come back? Sure, Pastor Billy. Thank you, Joey Carpentino. That's two weeks in a row. Uh, yes, you are right. But don't take Joey's word for it. Let's listen to God's. Open your Bibles to Luke 21. Luke 21. Let's take a look at our text there. And of course, Luke was written by Luke. You guys are scholars. Uh, all right. I'll give you one. You're really straining our relationship. But anyway, that's right. We'll talk about it later. But anyway, Luke 21, verses 7 through 11. Let's take a look at our classic text, the parallel passage of Matthew 24. And Jesus gives us a couple other nuggets uh, of how do we know it's getting close, okay? And uh, let's take a look. Verse 7, when you get there, say moo. All right, there we go. The, the teacher, <laughs> they said this to Jesus. Teacher, they asked, okay, when, when will these things happen? And, and what's going to be the sign that they're about to take place? And Jesus replied, he says, watch out that you are not deceived. For many will come in my name claiming, I am he, and the time is near. Do not follow them, Jesus said. Now when you hear of wars and revolutions, don't be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. Then he said to them, you're going to see nation rise against nation. You're going to see kingdom against kingdom. There's going to be great earthquakes and famines and pestilence in various places. And here we go, one more. And fearful events and great signs from the where? 
from the heavens is what Jesus said. So right after he tells us, you better be on the lookout, number one, for deceit. Lord willing, we'll get to that next week. He said, look out for wars and famines and earthquakes and pestilence that we already saw. He said, the very next thing you're going to see is a sign. It's getting close to his return. Okay, bride, get excited for your wedding day. Okay, is you're going to see also these great signs from the heavens. Okay, it's the Greek word uranos. Turn to somebody and say uranos. You Greek scholars, you. And it literally means sky, atmosphere, or space, depending on the context. And so the question for you and I then is, today, right now, that was prophesied nearly 2,000 years ago from our Lord Jesus Christ, do we see any signs of any kind of weird, aberrant activity in the sky or atmosphere or space letting us know that Jesus is right around the corner? Yes, and thank you for agreeing because it works well with my notes. The first sign is we're seeing some really weird stuff going on with the solar activity, with the sun. And the reason why that's important is because the Bible's very clear in the tribulation period. First of all, you don't want to be there. Second of all, the sun is going to literally sear people like a piece of meat. The sun is going to get turned up. That's what we see in this text. Let's take a look here. Revelation chapter 16, verse 8 through 9 says this. Then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying, go to the seven angels. Go pour out the seven bowls of God's what? wrath on the earth you don't want to be there the fourth angel pulled out his bowl on the sun and the sun was given power to scorch people with fire listen to how bad it is they were seared like a piece of meat it's so hot by the intense heat and they cursed the name of god who had control over these plagues but they listened they refused to repent and glorify him now, that's exactly the opposite of what man says today about himself. Oh, man, so wonderful, so great, so... Are you kidding me? Your heart is so stinking hard during this time. You still refuse to repent and get right with God, okay? But the Bible says this, that during the seven-year tribulation, the sun is going to get so hot. It isn't just going to get, oh, that's uncomfortable. Uh, everybody lives in Vegas now. No, no. Uh, it's going to get so bad that it says there that you get seared literally like a piece of meat on a global scale. And so the question is, do we see any signs right now of the sun starting to heat up a little bit, preparing for this? Yeah, there's a bunch. As we already saw, folks, this is what's wild. There's been massive mega, is their word, mega solar flares, huge massive sunspots. Listen, a solar tornado. Didn't even know they had those things. A solar tornado on the sun's surface that was 125,000 miles high which is about half the distance between the earth and the moon. That's how big that is. Okay. And solar storms, they say, can hit the earth with a force of 100 million, not thousand, 100 million hydrogen bombs. And how many guys would say that that would kind of mess things up? Yeah, just a little bit. In fact, the news is starting to pick up on this present danger that the sun's acting weird. And when it gets cranked up, it's going to really mess things up on the planet. Let's take a look at that. Even the news is starting to admit it. Imagine if the lights just went out across the entire country. Oh my God. The power went out and everybody's like panicking. They don't know what to do. There's reports of blackouts happening all over the East Coast. The blackout may run along the entire Northwest corridor. If the electric grid goes, it is absolute catastrophe for society. Every major city in America, how does it get its water supply? Where do we get our medication? What happens to our transportation direct food supplies and hospitals? The lights are out. People are without water. One violent active region on the sun can cause continent-wide 
perhaps even planetary scale, impacts to our critical infrastructure. The power grid is gravely threatened by electromagnetic pulse blasts from the sun. We don't have any planning for how to deal with that. We could lose our whole grid. We're talking water, we're talking power plants, we're talking nuclear power plants, we're talking fuel, we're talking transportation and computers to order parts and for people to communicate. All of that would be gone. It's so traumatic that I just don't think people can even fathom how bad it would be. He would literally paralyze all the United States, not just for a day or an hour, but for months to years. Talking about the loss of all electricity and all satellite activity, we'd be throwing a hundred years back into the past. We didn't realize the potential about geomagnetic storms as being a source of power grid outages to nuclear plants. We could have hundreds like Fukushima at the same time. Essentially, we're playing a game of uh, Russian roulette with the sun. The likelihood of a severe geomagnetic event capable of crippling our electric grid is 100%. In other words, the media is admitting that it is going to happen really soon. It's just a matter of time, and you better get ready. Okay? The world right now is admitting, hey, wait a second, guys, wake up. It's almost like what we observe is the sun is getting ready to do something horrible to the planet. Where have I heard that before? That's what the Bible says. Yeah, whoever said that, thank you. And I didn't have to use the fake voice. But you might be thinking, because there's one other thing that's going on in this text, and I wanted to bring this out, okay? See, it says there... Um, that they curse God. Now, that's pretty intense, okay? I, I mean, I can see what they just mentioned here, and that would seriously mess up. The electronic grid goes out, it would mess everything up big time, right? But, but why curse God? Well, Jesus said, folks, uh, that all these things are just the beginning of birth pains, okay, that we're seeing, these signs, which means it's going to get worse than what we just saw in that video. The Bible's very clear. We already saw the text. When the sun gets heated up to its full extent during the seven-year tribulation, it is going to make that, we're going to wish that's all it was. It's going to make that look like chump change, okay? In fact, maybe the searing of the flesh, the sun getting so hot, maybe it'll look something like this. Let's take a look. We're going to stay on the air for as long as possible. All we can say is what we've been repeating all morning. Get to any kind of underground shelter.
Antichrist to. What did the text say? Towards the end of the seven-year tribulation, you need to know that it gets worse, even worse, towards the end. It's called the Great Tribulation. Towards the end of the seven-year tribulation, the sun's going to get cranked up so bad that people will be seared like a piece of meat and they will curse the name of God. I don't recommend it. You should repent and get saved. You should have repented right now and got saved and avoided the whole thing. But I can understand why the text says, and they cursed God. We could laugh, we could sit here and scoff all we want, but if we continue to reject Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you're headed for a reality like that. If you even make it that far in the seven-year tribulation. But that's an all the second sign from the sky. Let us know that Jesus is right around the corner. Woo-hoo, Brian, it's time to get excited, celebrate. Is the rise of an asteroid impact. If you thought it was bad with the sun, whoo, here comes a rock from space. And that's exactly what the scripture says. This is going to happen, folks. Let's take a look at that text there. This is now in the Revelation chapter 8, verses 2, 8 through 9. And then I saw seven angels who stand before God. And to them were given seven trumpets. And the second angel sounded his trumpet and something like a huge mountain. This baby is large and it's all ablaze. Obviously, it's coming through the atmosphere. Was thrown where? Into the sea. So we know where it's going to land. And here's what happened. A third of the sea turned into blood. A third of the living creatures in the sea died and a third of the ships were destroyed. Okay. And as we saw before, uh, once again, if it wasn't bad enough with the sun, now you see that another event from the sky that's going to take place is an asteroid is going to be thrown specifically into the sea. And so again, the point to bring home for you and I, this was prophesied about nearly 2,000 years ago. Do we see any signs in the skies that we're under any kind of threat of some asteroid possibly smashing into the earth? <laughs> yes, thank you. Bobby, let's give it for Bobby. That's right. All right. Uh, yeah, in fact, folks, it's very commonplace. In fact, it's so commonplace, the warnings have been out for years, uh, Hollywood's picking up on it and making all kinds of movies about it, right? Okay, but not just Hollywood. Uh, that's not our source of truth. Scientists are now saying, folks, listen, it's not just a matter of if. Scientists right now are saying it's a matter of when we get struck by an asteroid. 100%, they agree it is going to happen, and most likely a lot more sooner than we think. And they said when that happens, the uh, results are going to be absolutely unbelievable. Listen to this quote. They said the loss of human, animal, and plant life would take place on a grand scale like never before. And the shockwaves from that event would create huge tsunami waves destroying both coastlands and the inland areas. Not to mention a whole bunch of ships, like one-third around the world. That's exactly what the text says. And they admit that that's what would happen, okay? In fact, experts are saying, folks, it might happen a whole lot sooner than you think. And if you think we've got this great thing in place that it's going to protect us from... Watch this. we got no assurance, man. Check this out. All of us on this planet are on the brink of a kind of close encounter. A big asteroid is hurtling through space, and it's supposed to miss us by a cosmic inch, just 17,000 miles. That's closer than some of our weather satellites. In fact, it's so close, scientists are springing into action. And here's ABC's Neil Karlinski. Right now, while you're watching this, a chunk of space rock big enough to level a city is hurtling towards our planet eight times faster than a speeding bullet. The good news is, scientists say it will miss. The scary news is, the 130,000 metric ton asteroid called DA-14 is the size of half a football field, 
and it will be much closer than the moon. In fact, it will thread the needle between Earth and the roughly 600 satellites around us, the ones that your cell phone relies on, possibly even smashing one to smithereens on its way by. But if that's why you're thinking this is all still a long, long way from all of us way down here walking the streets, you may want to think again. The last close call turned out to be a direct hit. It was 1908, and luckily it hit the middle of nowhere, Siberia, decimating a thousand miles of trees, but no people. Amazingly, no one knew DA-14 was headed our way until a Spanish dentist and amateur astronomer randomly discovered it a year ago. NASA doesn't have the resources to look for asteroids. Well, hey, it's a good thing that uh, the administration cut their budget. A dentist. A dentist found that for us. Can you believe that? An amateur uh, discovered that thing. How's that for your early warning system? They don't show that in Hollywood, do they? Oh, no, mankind's got this incredible high... Yeah, whatever. No, we don't. Folks, read your Bible. It's not a matter of if, it's going to be when. The Bible's very clear. An asteroid will slam into the earth. Mankind will not be able to stop it. And it's so big, this baby is, is like the size of a mountain. It is on fire and the effects are unbelievable. In fact, I want to bring out another thing that's in this text. Okay. Uh, and that is the phrase there that one of the side effects we saw before is that it destroys a third of the ships around the world. And we saw that with tsunamis, and that's what happens. When they go inland, they destroy all the ships, take them in, and that makes common sense. But I want to focus on this phrase this time with cause the sea to turn into blood. That's the other side effect. It says cause the sea to turn into blood. And you might think, well, what's that all about? Well, some commentators would say that that refers to actual blood and that God just does some supernatural event where he causes the sea to turn into blood. Uh, I mean, he certainly could. He spoke and the whole universe came into existence. He could certainly do that. I don't necessarily agree with that, but that's what some say. Others would say that this is speaking more symbolically of death because the Bible says that the life is in the blood. And so I actually kind of lean more towards that myself. And it fits the text because what's the result? Not only one third of the ships are destroyed around the world, but one third of the sea creatures, when it got caused to turn to blood, one third of the sea creatures died, right? And so the question is, well, what kind of death causing agent could be released, specifically as the text says, an asteroid smashing into the ocean. Well, get this, folks. Believe it or not, for the first time in mankind's history, maybe we could see what John saw. Thanks to modern technology and modern oil drilling in the ocean, we now know, unfortunately, the hard way, that if you drill too deep in the Earth's ocean, down there, down, way below, there's this death-causing liquid that will float up to the surface. Do you guys remember the Gulf oil spill a few years back? That's where that came from. They couldn't cap that baby. And it was America's worst oil spill. And it killed tons of sea creatures all over the area. But see, that's not the half of it. When that oil, when that substance came out from the mantle of the earth deep into the ocean and floated to the top, some aerial footage was taken. You tell me what it looks like. Here's one photo. It's kind of red. You wouldn't expect that. You're thinking black, no? When it comes to the top, that stuff turns red. Here's another photo of a ship trying to gather it up together. Uh, that almost looks kind of like blood or something like that. Here's another photo here, really obvious. Look at that. Okay, now those are aerial shots. Here's a close-up, folks. You tell me what this looks like to you. Looks like blood. Interesting. 
I'm not going to say, thus saith the Lord, but folks, for you and I here today, could it be that maybe we're seeing a little bit of what John saw 2,000 years ago? You put all this together with modern technology in our lifetime and now our ability to drill and crack the mantle of the earth in the ocean. When an asteroid the size of a mountain smashes right into the sea, it's obviously going to crack the mantle of the earth. And guess what's going to come floating to the top? And guess what's going to look like blood and kill one third of the sea creatures around the planet? Isn't that wild? It's all happening in our lifetime. But that's still the third sign from the sky letting us know that Jesus is coming back real soon is the rise of volcanoes, okay? Let's take a look at uh, how that fits the scripture. Once again, during the seven-year tribulation, this time Revelation chapter 6, verse 12 through 14, uh, John said this, now I watched and he opened up the sixth seal and there was this great earthquake, okay? And here's what that thing did. It turned the what? The sun turned black like sackcloth, made of goat hair, the whole moon turned blood red and the stars in the sky uh, fell to the earth as late figs dropped from a fig tree when shaken by a strong wind. The sky receded like a scroll rolling up and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Okay. How many guys would say that's a big earthquake? Uh, slightly. Okay. And this is what we see when this earthquake during the seven year tribulation goes off. Uh, folks, it is going to mess up the planet big time. It says specifically it's going to turn the sun black like sackcloth and the moon blood red. Now, as we saw before, most people, and I agree, believe you should take that passage absolutely literally. Because thanks to modern science and the science of seismology, we now know this fits the perfect description of an after effect of earthquakes it's called volcanic eruptions. Oftentimes they trigger also uh, uh, volcanoes. Uh, earthquakes do okay and so it's common sense today that when a volcano erupts okay what's it do it spews forth massive tons of ash into the air and guess what it does it darkens the sunlight almost like something's covering it like a sackcloth and at night it turns the moon into like a reddish color ever heard that before so obviously you're dealing with some volcanic activity so the point for you and i again here today do we see any signs of uh volcanoes starting to go off on a crazy scale today Yes, and we almost didn't need that help, Bobby, but we thank you. Uh, we still used it anyway. Uh, <laughs> slightly, listen to this, folks. This is absolutely wild. Right now as we speak, as we're sitting here, there's a massive one going off in Russia. It's one of their biggest ones. In fact, I'm going to give you a little bit of homework. Go to this website and check it out yourself, volcanodiscovery.com. That's right, Joey Carpatino. Volcanodiscovery.com. Repetition increases remembrance. Volcanodiscovery.com. Go there today and listen. You're not just going to see volcanoes going off. You're going to see all the volcanoes all around the world all going off right now as we sit here all at the same time. Massive amounts of them. There's so many going off on our planet right now on a global scale. I don't think they even report them because it would get redundant. Right now in Italy, in Hawaii, Papua New Guinea, uh, Vanuatu, whatever that island is, Mexico, Guatemala, Tanzania, Congo, the Indian Ocean, Japan, Ecuador, even the Antarctica has volcanoes going off right now. It's absolutely amazing. In fact, listen, they're recurring in record numbers. Listen to this. The Alaskan Volcano Observatory said recently the Aleutian volcanoes are waking up. And in the last few months, it's the most activity they've seen in 26 years. One expert said this, last year will go on record as seeing the most volcanic eruptions recorded in modern history. It's increasing on a massive scale. In fact, one of the ones that they're really concerned about here in the U.S. is Yellowstone, the Yellowstone caldera, okay? 
And the experts are saying it's not a matter of if, but when that baby goes off. And as we saw before, when that thing goes off, two-thirds of the United States wiped out. Let's take a look at that. At Yellowstone, we may be on the edge of a precipice. And the question is not if it will erupt, but how and when. Nothing you can do about a volcano. If it's going to go off, it's going to go off. And the effects on civilization are going to be drastic. The first indications of a Yellowstone eruption will be rumblings heard underfoot as dozens of small earthquakes begin. The ground begins to rise from the pressure of the expanding hot waters, gases, and surging magma. Lava first appears oozing out of cracks in the surface. Then, steam and ash explode hundreds of feet into the air. From five miles below the surface, molten rock heated to 1,200 degrees bursts into the air. Like a hurricane of ash, pyroclastic flows rip along the ground at 100 miles per hour. For those who left the park within the past half hour, their luck has run out. 50 miles away, the 30,000 residents of Bozeman, Montana watch in horror as the plume of ash and rock reaches into the sky. If they know anything about Yellowstone's past, they'll know they have little time before their city is devastated. The pyroclastic flows may go out as far as 50 to 100 miles away from the volcano. And so you'd see the pyroclastic flows coming across ridge after ridge after ridge and then finally hitting where you are. So local, locally, regionally, it, it's absolutely devastating. Everything would be killed. Wave after wave of burning ash and debris destroy everything in their paths. With so little warning, nearly 400,000 people are at risk. And it gets worse. The weight of the falling ash collapses roofs across the states of Wyoming, Idaho, and Utah, killing thousands while a cloud of lighter ash, a thousand times larger than the one produced by Mount St. Helens, drifts eastward with the wind. And then, the deadliest part of the Yellowstone eruption begins. There's lots of ways you can die in a pyroclastic eruption. And one way is to inhale the stuff and inhale these sharp uh, pieces of glass. They attack the lungs, they attack the bones. They kill you from the inside. Farm animals have no protection. Within weeks, vast numbers of the country's livestock die, and volcanic ash covers much of the Midwest's farmland. You can't grow anything in that ash. Fresh volcanic ash is sterile, and so it wipes out the breadbasket of, of the world. Breadbasket of Canada, breadbasket of the United States. Well, that, that's going to make all those increase of famines even worse that Jesus talked about and we saw a couple weeks ago. Interesting. So if that goes off, it's not just going to mess up the U.S., it's going to mess up the whole planet, and that's just one volcano. Folks, we saw before when that great earthquake goes off in Revelation chapter 6, it just so happens that the active volcanoes just happen to be located on top of the fault lines on the whole planet. And this is what we saw with this map before. It's called the Ring of Fire. As you can see there, the tectonic plates where the earthquakes are going up and cracking up the earth, all those red dots, folks, are volcanoes on the planet. And so that means, according to this map, and this is the USGS map, you can see it there in the left corner, folks. This is their map, not mine. This is their map. 
When that great earthquake goes off in Revelation chapter 6 and every mountain and every island is removed from its place, guess what is most likely going to go off all at the same time all over the world? Volcanoes. And you know what that's going to cause? Why, by cracky, I think it's going to cause the sun to turn black like sackcloth and the moon blood red all over the planet like you can't even believe. We're seeing the fulfillment of that. In fact, just real quick before we move on, a recent article about the ring of fire said this, 10 major volcanoes have erupted along the ring of fire in the past few months. It's waking up. And quote, the mainstream media in the United States has been strangely silent about this. In fact, strangely silent, speaking of that, in the U.S., listen to this. I had to find this, and I found this, from a news outlet in South Africa. Listen to what they shared in their news. Didn't get it here, I believe. Said, quote, if the Yellowstone supervolcano erupts, then millions of U.S. citizens could end up in Brazil, Australia, or Argentina. Quote, the, national, or the African National Congress was offered $10 billion a year for 10 years if it would build temporary housing for Americans in case of an eruption. Wait a second. If we're safe and everything's cool, oh, don't forget they're relying on a dentist to warn us from an asteroid. But if we're okay and we're cool, then why are you making these behind-the-door deals with other countries to house us if nothing's going to happen and we're all okay and... Turn to somebody and say, hey, it's time to celebrate. Jesus is coming back. That's what all this means, folks. It's all coming together, okay? But let's finish it up. The sixth sign to indicate where we're at uh, Worldwide Upheaval is not just an increase of signs on the sky. In the sky, Jesus says, the Bible says, it's going to happen where? On the earth. Real quickly, let's take a look at that classic passage. That's in the book of Joel chapter 2, verse 30 through 31. God says, I will show wonders in the heavens, but I'm also going to show what? You're going to see some serious wonders on the earth as well. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. The, The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the what? Happy and exciting? No, you don't want to be there. The great and dreadful day of the Lord. Okay? And here we see, folks, that the Bible says that God's not only going to show signs in the sky, he's getting ready to judge us. He's also going to give you some signs to indicate here on earth he's getting ready to judge us, right? And so again, that's the question. Do we see any signs of weird stuff going on on planet earth as maybe an indicator from God? He's getting ready to judge us and we better get motivated. Yes, folks. And the first sign on earth is the rise of weird weather. Have you noticed that things are getting really big and Scary with the weather lately and aberrant on big time. In fact, let's remind ourselves who controls the weather. This is just one text real quickly. Matthew chapter 8, verse 24 through 27. Without warning, a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. And Jesus was freaking out. In fact, he was on the GPS satellite wondering what's going to happen next. And no, Jesus was sleeping. He wasn't worried. Right? Why? Well, I think you know why. The disciples went and woke up and said, Lord, save us. Oh, we're going to drown. And Jesus replied, you have little faith. All right? Chrome translation, take a chill pill. All right? Stop freaking out. You have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Do you have any idea who's in the boat with you? In other words, then he, Jesus, got up and rebuked the wind and the waves. And it was, listen, the text says, completely calm. I don't have time to go into this, but I believe the Greek gives the picture. is It was a massive, furious storm, and they were literally going, oh. and when Jesus rebuked it, it instantly, not over 15 minutes and settled down, instantly, it was calm. 
And that says, here's what they responded with. Whoa! The men were amazed and they asked, well, what kind of man is this? I mean, even the winds and the waves of him. Whoa! And I wanted to bring this up because obviously Jesus is not afraid of the weather because he controls the weather. Hello, he's God. Right? God is the one who controls the weather. And the reason why I bring that up, because when you talk about weather, most of us are so unfortunately ingrained by secular society and secular thinking, we think even as Christians that when the weather gets weird, it's just some naturalistic response. No. Sometimes we need to wake up and realize that sometimes it's a wake-up call from God. That He's given you a sign on the earth that He's getting ready to judge us. And that's exactly, folks, what's happening. Experts are saying right now, quote, we need to prepare ourselves for, quote, extreme weather. Okay? This is the trend. Quote, earthquakes, heat waves, floods, super typhoons, blizzards, landslides, droughts have killed at least one quarter million people in one year alone. And listen, more people have been killed worldwide by natural disasters in one year recently than have been killed by terrorism attacks in the past 40 years combined. Right now, uh, Britain right now is experiencing its worst hailstorms since 1843. And the weather here in the U.S. is getting so messed up that did you know, I couldn't believe this. Did you know the weather's getting so bad all over the U.S. that we now have these things called land hurricanes? The fancy word they give it is a derecho. Woo. Okay. But it's a land hurricane. We now have land hurricanes. Let's take a look. The severe storm rolling across the nation right now. Weather experts putting out a kind of all-points bulletin. One in five Americans in the path of what could become a weather phenomenon called a derecho, a 240-mile stretch of wicked wind. And ABC's meteorologist Ginger Z is standing watch with the people of Chicago right now. Ginger. Tonight, the atmosphere is fully charged. Tornadoes already touching down in Iowa and Illinois. And we are right here. The chaos in the atmosphere could produce a dangerous weather phenomenon known as a derecho. Its calling card, often ominous shelf clouds like these. A derecho is a powerful line of storms that can expand hundreds of miles long, winds blasting up to 100 miles per hour. It starts to take on a bow shape because air rises in the storms, cools and falls behind them, then pushes the front of the line out. They can be deadly and certainly as damaging as weak tornadoes. Last year's big derecho tore through 12 states. With it, blinding downpours from Illinois to D.C., winds gusting to over 100 miles per hour, and a huge part of the nation peppered with lightning. Trees were plucked and chucked into homes and cars. This street in Ohio blanketed in power lines. It left $1 billion in damage and killed 13 people. From a land hurricane. Land hurricane. The weather's getting so bad that we now have a land hurricane. Can you believe that? It's almost like God's trying to get our attention or something. How about you guys? Because our nation has turned from God. The second sign from earth is the rise of plagues. You see, God judged other nations before, and one of them was Egypt. And I don't know about you, but I think we're seeing some similar things going on. Also, I believe is a wake-up call from God. And the first plague that could be a sign that God's getting ready to judge us, even here in America, is the rise of locusts. Ooh, they're just popping out of the sky. How'd you like that text? But let's take a look at that. Oh, yeah. You guys getting the feel for it? That's a teamwork. Give it up for air. Whoa, right on. 
I like that. Exodus chapter 10, verse 3 through 6. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said to him, This is what the Lord, the God of Hebrews says, How long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Hey, that could be a statement across our country today. America, how long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? What do I got to do to get your attention? Well, here's what God did for Pharaoh. He said, Let my people go so that they may worship me. If you refuse to let them go, I'm going to bring what? Locust into your country tomorrow. They will cover the face of the ground that it cannot be seen. They will devour what little you have left after the hail, including every tree that is growing in your fields. Listen, they will fill your houses and those of the officials and the Egyptians. Listen, it's so bad that it's going to be something, quote, neither your fathers nor your forefathers have ever seen from the day they settled in this land until now. In other words, it isn't just going to, I'm going to send some locusts. You're going to get so many locusts. It's going to be the biggest, most mind-blowing thing you've ever seen. I mean, you just, all to get your attention. And folks, this is what's absolutely wild, okay? We're not just experiencing massive locust invasions here in the U.S., but just like that text, it's something we've never even seen. Did you realize right now, folks, that locust invasions are occurring in the U.S. so big? That they're even appearing on radar. Watch this. This is wild. Meteorologists were confused, so they called in the radar professionals who were equally baffled. What was that green blob drifting over Albuquerque, New Mexico? We really, we actually thought that the radar was broke. <laughs> so we had our technicians go out there a couple times. They couldn't find anything wrong, so we had to call the, the National Radar Depot in Oklahoma. Well, the experts in Oklahoma answered with a question. They want to know if Albuquerque has an insect problem. And as it turns out, they do. That green patch was radar spotting thousands of grasshoppers flying a thousand feet high, well above the town's tallest buildings. And all adds up to the city's worst infestation in 20 years. Interesting. What, what the text say? See, this is what blew me away. It would be something neither your fathers nor your forefathers have ever seen from the day they settled into this land until now. We've got locust invasions here in America because, folks, we are rejecting a rebellion against God as well. I've never heard of locust invasions appearing on radar, have you? I don't think my dad ever did. It's exactly like the text says. One more to go. The second plague that could be a sign that God's getting ready to judge us, folks, is the rise of frogs. And you're thinking, frogs? Come on, not that one. Folks, I'm telling you, Oh, you guys are way too good. I like that. Thank you. It's frogs. Man, this wasn't even scripted. Uh, Exodus chapter 8, verse 1 through 2 says this. Then the Lord said to Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, this is what the Lord says. What do I got to do to get your attention? Uh, locusts didn't work. Well, hey, let my people go so that they may worship me. If you refuse to let them go, I will plague your whole country with what? Frogs. And again, you're thinking, come on, Pastor Billy, not frogs. I can see bugs. I can see hail. I can see that other stuff. And, uh, but not frog invasions back in Egypt like that. Yeah, there are. In fact, uh, it's not only happening in Greece, but to listen to their own words, they've even described it as just that, a biblical plague of frogs. Watch this. We've had skies closed due to volcanic ash. And now more travel chaos due to an act of God. This time roads closed by a biblical plague. A horde of frogs shutting a highway in Greece. The local traffic police chief putting the numbers of the offending amphibians in the millions. 
frog invasion. We're, we're now experiencing frog invasions just like Egypt. You know, if I didn't know better, I'd say God is trying to get our attention. But surely we're not as stubborn as Pharaoh. Yeah. Folks, this is precisely why God, out of love, over these past several weeks, has given us all these signs just specifically on worldwide upheaval. It's to wake us up. The rise of wars and rumors of wars and famines and earthquakes and pestilence and signs from the sky and signs from the earth to show us the tribulation is near and the rapture is right around the corner. Hey, we don't know the exact day nor the hour, but hello, it's getting close. It's time to celebrate. And that's why Jesus said, Luke 21, 28, when these things begin to take place, when you see frogs invading man what more has you got to do man it is time to stand up lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near if you're here today as a christian you need to translate it like this hey it's time to get excited it's time to celebrate uh, but don't just sit on it you need to get busy working together with other christians and get the gospel out so people can be saved amen all right but if you're here today and you're not a christian what more does god got to do to you how many more signs does he need to give you you don't want to be left behind and there's only one way out of this mess. And that's through Jesus Christ. Accept his work on the cross right now before it's too late. Amen? Let's pray. Well, hi, this is Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and Get a Life Ministries. And I hope you enjoyed today's study. But in closing, before you go, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? You see, here's the problem. The Bible says that nobody automatically gets to go to heaven. And that's because God is holy and we are not. The Bible says that the wages of our sin or our unholiness or the wrong things that we have done have separated us from God. And the wages of our sin or unholiness uh, means that we deserve to die and receive God's judgment to go to hell and not heaven. In other words, we're disqualified for heaven. And that's because God being holy and us being not the two cannot mix. So what are we going to do? Well, that's bad enough. The other problem is we don't even want to admit this dilemma, even though God already knows it all. And so out of love, God gave us something called the Ten Commandments to show us that we're really disqualified for heaven. We're not holy. We're not perfect like him. Uh, let's take a, a look at just a few of those uh, here today. Uh, the Bible says, the Ten Commandments says, you shall not bear false witness. That means lying. How many of you have ever told a lie before? Well, those of you who didn't raise your hand, you just did. Okay, let's be honest, folks. Let's not tell another lie. We've all lied. Well, believe it or not, that disqualifies you for heaven. That's how holy God is. He is the truth. He does not lie. And so that makes us a liar. Another of the Ten Commandments says you shall not steal. Okay, how many of you have ever taken anything without permission? Well, all of our hands should have went up at that one. Uh, we've already said we're a bunch of liars. Okay, well, we've all done that. And it doesn't have to be a bank. Uh, it could be a pencil in the third grade. Uh, that means that we're a thief. Okay, the Bible says that God is so holy, even his name is holy. And that's why one of the Ten Commandments says, you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. Hey, folks, isn't it ironic how uh, now the blessed name of Jesus Christ, the Bible says there's no other name under heaven by which men might be saved, Jesus Christ has now become a cuss word. Folks, the Bible says that's the sin of blasphemy. Okay? And folks, let's be honest. We've used God's name in vain uh, before. 
The Bible also says in the Ten Commandments, you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus takes the standard even higher. He says, listen, it's not just physical adultery. He says, surely I tell you that if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you've committed adultery in your heart. God looks at the heart. One more out of the Ten Commandments says, you shall not murder. And you might say, well, hey, I haven't done that one. Really? The Bible says that the sin of hatred is akin to the sin of murder. You, in other words, in your heart, wish they were dead. You pulled the trigger, if you will, in your own heart. And the Bible says God sees that and it's just as bad. He knows the mind. He knows the hearts, the thoughts, and the intents that we have. Folks, that's just five out of the Ten Commandments. How are you doing? Not very well. None of us can keep them. They're God's x-ray to show us that we're disqualified. And so when, not if, your time comes, because we're all marching towards the grave at different speeds, you're going to have to stand before God. And you're going to have to uh, say who you really are. He already knows. Hey, God, let me into heaven. Uh, I'm, I'm a liar. I'm a thief. I'm a blasphemer, adulterer, and a murderer. Folks, the Bible is clear. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. That's the problem. Here's the good news. God so loved the world that he sent his one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him, what he did on the cross, on our behalf, that we will not perish, we will not go to hell, but he will give us the gift of eternal life. Jesus died on the cross to forgive us of all of our sins. It's something that we don't earn. We, we, we can't earn. It's a gift, the Bible calls it. And a gift cannot be earned. He was taking the death penalty in our place. That's what the cross was of the day. And that if we would just ask Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sins and believe that in our heart that God raised him from the grave, showing that his death is satisfactory to God to forgive us of all of our sins, no matter what we've done, the Bible says we shall be saved. Uh, the Apostle Paul says that if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the grave, we will be saved. Let me give you a common analogy of what God's doing and what he did for us with Jesus dying on the cross on our behalf. Uh, in life, we know that people uh, can be sentenced for a crime uh, to where they're actually on death row. Uh, the courtroom scene has completely finished. The gavel has already sounded. Uh, they are going to jail and they're just awaiting their time before they go to the death penalty. Uh, as they're sitting there in the jail cell, uh, it, it's a proven fact they did what they did. Everybody knows it. They're just waiting for that time for their uh, number to come up, so to speak, and walk down that hall and be executed. Uh, there's nothing they could do to reverse their crime. No amount of good works in that jail cell can reverse what they've done. It's too late. It's over. But believe it or not, there's one way that people even today can get off a of death row. And that's if the one in authority, the governor, if he were to, out of mercy and kindness, nothing that the person did, because they don't earn it and they don't deserve it, and they can't earn it. If he would grant them what's called a pardon, out of the kindness of his heart, he has the authority to grant them a pardon and absolve them completely of their crimes uh, against the state. And did you know that there's actually been people that this has happened to, that the governor, out of mercy, has granted them a pardon as a gift, and they've gone down to the jail cell and handed that person, extended it through the bars, here, I'm granting you a pardon. If you would just receive it, you can go free right now. And did you know that there's actually been people who've said, no, I don't want your pardon. And so what happened is of their own doing, 
even though they had a way out, they still had to go to the death penalty. Folks, can I tell you something? That's what God did for us with Jesus dying on the cross. He sent his son to take the death penalty in our place. He, God, has the authority to grant us through Jesus a complete pardon. And every day that you're still alive, God is extending to you spiritually this pardon. But a pardon does you no good unless you reach out and receive it by faith. Won't you do that today? Won't you call upon the name of Jesus Christ? Ask him to forgive you of all of your sins, to trust in his work on the cross, to pardon us from all of our crimes, our sins against God. God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. But there's only one way to heaven. It's Jesus. There's only one way to get off a death row. It's through the cross of Jesus Christ. Won't you do that right now? Well, this has been Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and, and Get a Life Ministries. And if there's anything that we can do for you, uh, please don't hesitate uh, to contact us. Uh, our number, our information will uh, come up here on the screen shortly. And uh, uh, if there's anything we could do for you, please don't hesitate to let us know. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us. And uh, remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless. Thank you for watching this presentation from Sunrise Baptist Church. If you would like to send us a letter or any other kind of postage, you can reach us at 1780 Betty Lane, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89156. For more information, you can give us a call at 702-452-8599 or email us at bcrone at getalifemedia.com or you can visit our website at www.getalifemedia.com. Billy Crone and this ministry can also be found on Facebook and Twitter. Join us for services at www.sunriselv.com.